When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Two minutes in front of noon on the Travis and Sliwa show. Uh, 710 ESPN. A live imaging Tuesday. Is this the bed or just is this the actual song? Uh, this is the actual song. Because well, I'm waiting for the hook to come. Uh, it's also Rihanna's birthday. Oh, beautiful. Happy birthday, Riri. Oh, no, this is just the bed. Yep. <laughs> Good job in there, guys. Anyway. Sup on the replay. Mr. DJ, why don't you turn the music <laughs> Thank up? Thank you, Em. Good save, Em. That was good. <laughs> By the way, you know what's going to be good? March Madness around here at 710 ESPN. Because Thursday, the first day of the tournament, we're going to be live, broadcasting live, all three shows, all nine hours, live from the Islands Restaurant. Island by in Manhattan Beach, right there Let's at the go. village. It's going to be fun. I'm going to eat so many onion rings, I'm going to be throwing cheddar fries at you all day. And oh, have my also, mouth open. <laughs> remember last year when I had my meltdown because UVA lost the last oh, second? Yes. They are a bubble team right now, so we'll oh. see if UVA ends up in it. They could be an eight seed, they could be out of the tournament, so who knows. And then Friday, March 22nd, second day of the tournament, we're hopping in the bus and driving to the city of La Mirada from Manhattan Beach to La Mirada to the Pizza Hut right there. Oh, there's the there's thing. One, did you do a crossfade? That was look at that's the talent of producer Jorge Briones. One two two one eight La Mirada Boulevard, right there in the city of La Mirada at the Pizza Hut. Travis and Sue will be broadcasting live. Doors will open around nine a.m. so you can get that early pizza in. We'll we'll be hanging out till like two o'clock. We've got a seventy-five inch Sony four K HD TV to give away. So that's day two of the tournament. Travis and Sue live from the Pizza Hut in La Mirada. Then Saturday, the Pickleball Madness tournament in Found Valley. So big time. Okay, use your holiday. Time. Use There's your PTO. Travis Lee Pizza Hacks. There's a TV to be given away. Plus more prizes. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a good day, Andy. It's like a good 72 hours. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Right now, M. Virginia get in or no? I think they will. You. Right. I think. That, I think that they. The, the only thing is, okay, we're getting a good college basketball talk. They don't have the quad one. Quad one wins to. You uh, made that up. That's not a thing that people say now, right? Top twenty-five wins. Quad one wins is that. <laughs> you got quad one. Uh, that wins, uh, so <laughs> the game coming up against UNC is a big deal for UVA. If UVA can beat UNC, UNC is very good this year, uh, and they have a really good shot of getting in. If not, they have to win the ACC. All right. No more technical fouls for your guy either. <laughs> yeah, Tony Bennett. The, uh, yeah. Four letter words to the referee. <laughs> All right. So I mentioned this to you, Andy. This is Mike Trout, who I want to, I don't know if I've ever done more of a 180 on a guy. And not that he's, he, he's still, until Shohei showed up more recently, he was still in the very short list of the greatest players I've ever seen because he had every tool in his bag. Right? He, hit, he hit for a decent average. He was really fast. He covered a lot of ground. He hit for a power. He could even steal bases back in the day. He was just an incredible player. But I also thought that he had this desire to compete and win and play in games that matter. This is what he's talking about at spring training when they opened up the other day. The easy way out is just ask for a trade. There might be a time, maybe. I really haven't thought about this. When I sign that contract, I'm loyal. I want to win a championship here. The overall picture of winning a championship or getting to the playoffs here is a bigger satisfaction than bailing out and just ma- and taking the easy way out. So I think that's been my mindset. Maybe down the road if something changed, but that's been my mindset ever since the speculations came up. He's been there 12 years. <laughs> 
at what point does loyalty not go second to you know what clock's ticking pretty damn loud i'm not the player i used to be we not only that have they not been in the playoffs since his rookie season they haven't come close to a playoff game and he's saying when i you know the overall picture of winning a championship and bailing out is the easy way out i think that's been my mindset no the the easy way out is to sit there and never have to compete in a game that actually is a meaningful game to sit there and rot on a team like the angels that's the easy way out i think there's a few things at play first of all trout's perspective i'm guessing and it's purely a guess because i've never really been around mike trout much and the few times i've been around him he doesn't say a word and he's he's, pretty deliberate in what he puts yes exactly i imagine to some degree this has been shaped by all of the injuries so in a lot of ways, you may not even feel like you're missing out on a ton of winning or whatever when you're not playing anyway. Mm-hmm. Like he has played, last year he played 82 games. That, of the last four seasons, that's second highest. Yep. So he misses a lot of time anyway. So to some degree, you may feel like you're not missing out on anything because you're not playing. That aside, one of two things is happening. Either he's just somebody who likes creature comforts, likes familiarity, and it's just like, look, I am happy with my setup, if not the results, but my setup matters, my family is here, or we are dealing with a form of Stockholm syndrome, <laughs> where he has grown to okay, love- now you have my attention. He's grown to love his captors. <laughs> Because make no mistake, the Angels are holding this man captive. They are they have been holding a great talent captive for a long time. This is an explanation that I will entertain because it's the only one that could possibly make any like he's sense. He's grown to love his you know the big boss man Artie Moreno like the warden at the prison. He's grown to love him. <laughs> Okay, that that's got to be it because this idea that it's going to turn a corner that well I want to be here when it finally happens. There's not a single data point that leads you to believe it's close to happening or that it might ever happen under this leadership. And I'll go back a couple of years ago that when at the end what was this is the end of the 23 season, the end of the 22 season, right? Shohei Otani was asked, you know, what do you think about this? What's your future in Anaheim, et cetera, et cetera. And he he didn't say anything at all except, I want to win. And everybody went, whoa, okay, because that is a very clear message. Well, we're not winning here. I've already been here four years. What, what, you know, you're not taking care of me. And that was kind of the starting gun to who's going to get Shohei Otani because he at least put it out there that winning was important to him. Mike Trout has been there twice as long as Shohei Otani is. And when he said that, when Otani said that, my first reaction was, why has Mike Trout never said anything like that? Because it would put an immense amount of pressure on the organization that the best player to have ever put on that uniform is saying, this isn't good enough. Why aren't we getting the Garrett Coles of the world? Why aren't Justin Ver like whoever it is? Why aren't we doing this? And if they can't get those guys to come here, then I got to think about it. no one would. If Mike Trout at spring training yesterday came out and said, "I'm tired of the losing, man. I got to win, and and I'd prefer to win here. But if it's not going to happen here, then it needs to happen somewhere else." There's not one Angel fan alive that would be like, "Dude, you didn't give us enough time. 
you weren't loyal to this I mean, team. Even if they said that, who cares? Right, right. But I, this is this is the whole point. I don't understand this loyalty to somebody that has not done what they're responsible for doing, which is put you in an environment where you got a chance to win. They've never had a chance to Again, win. Again, I think there could be an element of feeling like, what am I missing out on? I never play anyway. I don't stay healthy. Like, let's say he goes to another team. But even go back a little bit, the WBC thing where they did get to play, and I understand that it's not apples to apples, but this was, he was talking about how exciting it was to play in a, in a, sure. in a high pressure environment with stakes. No, I, again, I'm not, I'm not subscribing to this. I'm just yeah. trying to explain it. There may be an attitude of, or a mindset where, He's struggling so much to stay on the field. The idea of winning a World Series doesn't jump out to him because he's not even sure he would be a part of it. He's not even sure he would actually be healthy to do it. Or, again, there's an element of, I just, I don't like change. I like familiarity. I'm not interested in upending what's going on. Yeah, I wish we won more games, but I like where I'm at. I don't want... My wife and I moved a couple years ago, and it took a long time because I wanted to move for years. And my, my wife kept offering different reasons that we didn't want them. Finally, one day when we were in the midst of like all these boxes, yeah, she basically just confessed, I hate change. And like the idea of packing all this stuff, she didn't want to do. Like He may be one of those guys who doesn't want to pack the proverbial boxes, or like I said before, it's Stockholm Syndrome and he needs an intervention. Do you think less of him? Do you think less of him as, as, as an athlete, as a competitor, as somebody that's trying to achieve? Because I'll, I'll be honest, I have defended him for a long time just, just under the idea of, listen, this is baseball. There, he can only hit four or five times a night, right? It's not like all of a sudden it's, okay, put me in the lineup, right? If it's not his turn to hit, it's not his turn to hit. There's nothing you can do. Like ba- Baseball is not the sport where if I got the best guy, I got a chance. It doesn't sure. work like that. But he could put pressure on the organization he could put pressure to leave and that this is good enough it, regardless whether it's just comfort familiarity whatever it might be that's that's disappointing that that, that really kind of sucks quite frankly that he's good just letting this thing rot because he is one of the greats that have ever played this game and we've we've, we've heard all these other places all these other players that their one dream was to get to the world series and now that you can move around fairly easily or you can leverage your power in media and celebrity to do these things that he's just, well, I, I, I'd rather do it here. Okay, then it's never going to happen. I wouldn't say I think less of him because I don't, I don't get the impression that he's afraid of the raised stakes or pressure or anything like that. At least that's not the impression I get. I don't either. I think it's more weird than anything I think less of him. Like, I mean... He goes out there, he plays at a high level, he has, when healthy, performed extremely well, and it seems like he takes baseball seriously. He does. And maybe he's just... It's not just a job to him, Andy. It doesn't... (laughs) He's he's not somebody that just does this for a living. He seems to, I don't know, as weird as this sound, like it. Right. I mean, he's not Anthony Rendon. Like... I have a feeling, though, that maybe he hasn't spoken out in this way in a long time because he doesn't know if it'll change anything. Like Maybe he just feels like... he, He could get out of there if he wanted to. If he raised so? holy hell, yes. Yes. Well, it's going to be I will say this though, to Emily's point, it's going to be it will be harder to trade him now. Of course it would for be for a return that you're going to be happy with. Okay, but he, let, let's let, if let's if we're going to play this out, let's play it out, right? That if his th- whole thing is listen, I want out. It's not going to happen here and you're right. What would have 
netted you a haul of prospects, if not high-level major league talent, you're probably getting rid of for him 50 cents on the dollar, right? That's probably about I mean, what you're, you're talking right now. you're talking seven more years oh, no. at 37 Crazy money. So pop. you're not getting equal value coming back, but you could get some value. The, what they have right now, they have of the 30 major league baseball teams, ESPN has them ranked 30th in their system. Okay, they, their major league talent is, I think, in the the mid twenties as far as major league rank. They're nowhere. Could you get fair market value for them? Not what you could have gotten four or five years ago, clearly. But you could get something. You could at least juice this. You could sure. get some of this payroll off to try to go in a different direction. That's number one. And number two, and I'm not saying the, but this is look. You got to move me here, or my knee hurts. There's ways you can do this no. stuff. Look, he's clearly not wired to do that. Like, he's not wired to be assertive that way and, like, to proactively create pressure. That's not who Mike Trout is. It seems like he's one of those guys who just puts a lot of pressure, I guess, on himself to perform well and, I guess, doesn't necessarily see it as a total waste if those great performances don't lead to high leverage games in the playoffs. It's kind of something we were talking about earlier today. We really haven't gotten into it too much. And and baseball, like I said a minute ago, is a little bit different. That is just appreciating the greatness in and of itself enough and and, and getting to see him every night and getting to appreciate Like We've talked about this. Tony Gwynn, I'm going by memory, played 20 seasons, I think, for the Padres. They were good twice. Right. They They were in 20 years. They were good twice. But he did get to the World Series twice. He did. They, they were good twice. And I know, and I don't think anybody thinks any less of Tony Gwynn being a great player. Well, but also nobody, to be honest, nobody really even thinks about Tony Gwynn in the playoffs, period. Right. They think about him as one of the best pure hitters ever. And that's good enough, I guess, right? This idea that you have to punch your ticket to be validated or whatever is a relatively new phenomenon. I have never thought... I'll be honest, until you brought this up, I'm not even sure I've ever thought about Tony Gwynn's postseason record or yeah. lack thereof. Yeah. I just know him as one of the greatest hitters ever and also a really nice guy. It, it, absolutely. But you you just wonder if it's a baseball thing more. Because if, if you had that career, if you had Tony Gwynn's career in the NBA, you would get blistered, well, the, absolutely blistered for it. Well, the NBA is the most ring rings with all the Z's culture yeah. <laughs> of all the big sports, and it is directly the Jordan effect. And also in baseball, I mean, in basketball, players have more direct control over the outcome of a game. Antonio Pierce said something you're not supposed to say out loud, and I'm sure the NFL definitely heard it. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Is your vehicle due for service? Is your vehicle ready for that little sticker in the window to be updated because you need your general maintenance? Because of all the rain, are you ready to get your windshield wipers replaced, right? Valvoline Instant Oil Change has got you covered for all of this because it's the home of the 15-minute drive through oil change, and they've been doing it for a long time. For over 30 years, Valvoline has provided quick and convenient automotive maintenance services for busy people just like you. My daughter Kelly just went into Valvoline the other day and got her wipers replaced. Her one that was on the car were getting a little old. They weren't working quite as well. They were making that terrible sound. Into Valvoline, out of Valvoline, got the wipers replaced in less than 15 minutes. At Valvoline, you stay in your car nice and 
relaxed while the expert technicians make sure that your ride is at its best. Oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, wipers, and more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Over 80 locations ready to help you get your ride ready for the road in no time. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and game-winning coupons off of your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Quarter afternoon in the Southland on the Travis and Sliwa Show on a live imaging Tuesday. Another birthday. Another birthday. Happy birthday. Fill it in. Olivia Rodrigo. She's turning 21 today. Happy birthday, Olivia Rodrigo. It She's is the voice idea. of all your, your tweens in your life is Olivia Rodrigo. She's a big fan. My daughter hates Olivia Rodrigo. Really? Because yep. she has good taste. She does not like Olivia Rodrigo <laughs> at oh, all. Oh, you don't like Olivia Rodrigo I either? like Olivia Rodrigo, but your daughter has very good taste in music. She and does. Olivia is a great singer, but she's a populist singer. And your daughter likes Mitski, right? She does like Mitski. Yeah. She loves that Mitski. That is a deep cut of it a... Is. Very a girl with great taste. She does have great. I mean, she likes some popular stuff as well. I take she a like guess boy genius. That you like Mitski, M? I don't. You don't. But I think that it does mean that she has good taste in music. It is a non-popular choice to say that Mitski is one of your favorite uh, artists. I never thought I'd feel old type on music, but I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> yeah, okay, welcome. We to used my, to do this bit on the morning to show with you. My world. Yeah, but we were talking about seventies and eighties music. I know seventies and eighties music. Yeah, you didn't know. You didn't know the soul stuff though. But no, now I'm just. I, I know, know who Olivia Rodrigo well. is. I know who she is. Now I'm. I don't even know the Mitski or the. This is how old I am. I know her because I listened to her do an interview with David Remnick on the New Yorker. Oh wow, that's the only way. That's how I ran into her. She's that, very smart. That is old. what she talk about on the New Yorker about her journey. Oh. basically, this is Mitski. Yes, not to be confused with Mitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very different. I don't think, no, not to be confused. I mean, I'm just saying. She's got Does kind of a like- Casey Musgraves thing going on there. She's really talented. She's a really good songwriter. Does your daughter like Boy Genius? I don't know. I feel like that's in the same uh, (laughs) same realm. (laughs) No, punt the ball, Sean. Punt the ball in the playoffs. That's great. Sean McVay offense. She loves the eleven personnel. She hates a double tight end set. <laughs> well, who doesn't, frankly? I mean, come on. By the way, speaking of double tight yes. end sets, Where is where's DeMarco Farr? He's not replying he to my texts. He is ghosting all of us. And this must be that this is a secret agent because he doesn't want to get out like why he has this ringer on his team. DeMarco Farr is a, is a, I almost said it out. He's a gutless bum at this point in time. This is an outrage that as we announce our 2023 Pickleball Madness teams for the 710 content team, if you will, at social media at ESPN Los Angeles, 
We're reading the names earlier. And Jimmy Wynn. What, what did you call the him? The Toy Cannon. The Toy Cannon. <laughs> is DeMarco Farr's partner, and none of us know who Jimmy Wynn is. Was he hoping that we would just not notice until the day of the tournament? Maybe, but like then, then it would be too late. Past everyone? It would be too late. We have basically a month or so to find him a new partner. That's what I'm saying. The did toy he, cannon is did he hope that like nobody would notice until say March 22nd? And it's like, well, what are we going to do now? He's this is this yes, is the setup. That could have been the that could have been the play. This is an outrage. What are you do? Are you going to exercise? I your will authority? throw. I don't. I don't know how much authority I have over the pickleball <laughs> madness event. I mean, I got a good set of authority no matter what. But on this one, I think we throw him out. What? Wow. He's just got to get. He's got to get a seven no, ten partner. He's going to be DQ'd. What? No, and HQ not. too, depending on what he wants to do. What if he somehow has some sort of connection that we don't know about, and then we're like, oh no, what's so going to happen? If that's his trainer, you can't bring yeah. your trainer. I'm going to bring Andre Agassi. <laughs> now, if Demarco's DQ'd, does James Wynn still get to play? <laughs> <laughs> he gets to play at a private pickleball. <laughs> yeah, he's in the open division for okay. this uh, this event. He's like with the circle of trust and, and all yeah. those folks playing. He can't have a ringer. Who allowed this? This is the problem around here. What? Okay. What is? Corporate Greg says, hey, I'm going to handle the pickleball teams with Janessa, who we had on earlier, our our new marketing manager. Hold on for I'm not done. (laughs) And you say, yeah, that's not something I really want to deal with. Go ahead. And they allow a ringer to slip by. This would not have happened, okay, if Emily was in charge of this thing. And I had some oversight on this. So, Emily, I think I would he's trying to put this on your plate for next year, that you're going to be in charge you know of the pickleball <laughs> brackets. Emily doesn't have a problem saying no. <laughs> no, she doesn't. Right? I'm well aware. She would have immediately said, what is this? What is this? Who's yeah. the toy cannon and why right. is he here? Why is the toy cannon coming into play? <laughs> Give me the relations here with these yeah, guys. Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. DeMarco's probably furiously trying to get him hired by Good Karma in like Palm Beach or something. <laughs> yeah. Just so just so he's out of lunch with Sam Pines on the on the Well, we could all calendar. use a toy cannon. That's not a you know. You know. Um, so early in the segment too, we were talking about like feeling old or whatever because of you know you didn't know who Mix he was or you didn't know Olivia Mitzvah. Rodrigo. But no, but I'm saying this because <laughs> Yesterday on Facebook, you know how Facebook has like those memories and stuff occasionally, like bring up mm-hmm. this stuff, like, oh, this happened 10 years ago, whatever. So I got brought up an old photo of me from 10 years ago, I think, maybe even more, probably 11 years ago, of me planking. <laughs> really? <laughs> where? Planking where, were, where were you planking? I was planking at the college in my hometown called University of Mary Washington. And I had a friend that went there. She was a, a freshman. And so I'd go visit her sometimes in her dorm. And <laughs> I was just planking on like an ottoman. And I, I had actually great form on this plank. I'll send it to you guys. My plank is fantastic. I had one of those scarves. It was very like 2013. What, like, why was, I remember the Tebowing was a thing because of Tebow, but why did planking become a thing? Because people just do it, it kind of like a blogosphere kind of thing or like a, like a Tumblr kind of thing, but people would, would plank in like the most outrageous places possible. It then also was on an episode of The Office. I remember that. And they planked in The Office, but I think it's just because people were trying to do it as like dangerous as possible. This, this was also very, <laughs> early beginnings of social media like when trends started to happen and I remember this was like a trend that began that everybody started copying because of social media it was like a it was like a non-charity version of like the ice bucket challenge exactly 
like no charity benefited from this. Right. Just we all just look stupid. I just sent yes. you guys all the picture of me planking. So enjoy that. That was me as a senior in high school. Um, but yeah, it was. I just was reminded by how weird <laughs> the trends that I used to do and like how weird I used to dress. It's great. Your form is pretty good. Your knees are locked out. <laughs> your your toes are pointed, and your 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 back is very straight. You look like you very rigidly passed out. <laughs> That's what planking's all about. Well, then I, I I did that. I planked frequently in college in young adult life. I, I also don't know why I'm not wearing shoes in that either. Um, just wearing socks in this photo. Uh, so yeah, who knows what was happening in this photo? Ill matching socks. Yeah, ill matching socks. I was I was all over the place. And I posted. The, I decided to post this on Facebook. Why did I post this on Facebook? It, Isn't just, that what people did at the? You I know, know it's just it's a, just crazy. I don't know. It just which was the style at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> After she tied an onion to her belt, which was the style at the time. But was there any like okay thing of like that happened to you guys in college or late high school that you're like, why the heck did I do that? Some fashion things, but not like like that. Like there was the braided belt thing where you mm-hmm. wanted a braided belt that oh, was yeah. like nine inches longer than it needed to be, so you could loop it around and tie a knot in it. There was there was that look for a period of time, but never a planking situation or something well, like I mean, that. But that's a very specific social media type exactly. thing because it was shared. Like you were sharing your planking with strangers. Remember? Uh, well, they weren't my strangers because they're my Facebook friends. But generally, yes, no, that's strangers. strangers. <laughs> yeah, I had probably had like a thousand of them, so I didn't meet all of these. Oh, and you wore shoes with like those thick, super thick laces. You oh, that was that? like a uh, Run DMC yeah. thing for a yeah. period. So a you were a planker, case with thick. No, <laughs> I mean I planked. But Can you plank I, right now? <laughs> uh, I mean we can try. When you're doing the, the, the yoga ba- homo note? when you're doing the upside down roller, when you're ro- rolling your front side, you do hold it for a while to really get that burn around the pelvic area, and that that's not fun. Now well, it's not quite planking, awful. but it's painful. You but you still got your hand on the ground when you're rolling. No, no? I try to roll and then release, so to speak. <laughs> So to speak, indeed. Indeed. By the way, Mario Ruiz just texted the great uh, Mario Ruiz of LAFC fame. By the way, LAFC getting ready for Saturday against, I believe, Seattle. Right, Mario? Or right, uh, Jorge? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> he, saw, he See, uh, texted, <laughs> he texted. we could all use twin cannons. But no, it's not twin cannons. Toy. Toy cannon, Mario. Yes. Toy cannon. Jimmy Wynn, the toy cannon. Jimmy Wynn, the toy cannon. Does Mario know who Jimmy Wynn is? <laughs> no, I nobody would... knows who Jimmy Wynn is on DeMarco's team. I do. Well, you know the Jimmy Wynn toy cannon <laughs> yeah, guy. I know the toy cannon. This should be he the- played baseball. He did. I believe he was a Dodger for a period of time. <laughs> really? In what year? Like the seventy, early seventies, something like that. I'm gonna now see. This is my rabbit hole all over again. This is how it starts, Em, where I have to go to Jimmy Wynn's baseball reference page, and it's on Jim Wynn. Uh, I assume that's who you're talking yes. about. Played baseball in W-Y-N-N. the eighties. W Y N N. W. Oh, okay. I'm on a like different Jim Wynn. Oh, okay. I was on Jim uh, Wynn with one with an I and two N's. What? This is riveting. <laughs> With arms wide open. Okay, Jim, the Jim Wynn you are referring Nicknamed to. Nicknamed the Toy Cannon. Uh, in the 70s. What the hell's there going you. on, man? <laughs> he did play with the Dodgers yeah. in 74 and 75. Oh, who knew? Long time with the Me. Astros. Yes. Jimmy, the Toy Cannon's prime was in Houston. By the way, so long ago, the Astros were still a National League team. Yes. And but, playing at the Astrodome. And, but they were not the Colt 45s, <laughs> which they used to be before that. That's what we're doing next. It's rabbit hole, weird stuff like that. Coming up, it's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 1230 of the Southland on a live imaging Tuesday on the Travis and Sliwa show. The disrespect for Carlito's way in this room right now, the movie. Not disrespect. No, maybe turn your mic on, Slick. This ain't, this ain't Poughkeepsie. <laughs> I, I don't want disrespect. Am I a bad guy now? Well, you've already been a bad guy. Yeah, but you know, know what's not bad? On a Tuesday afternoon. By the what? way, drive safe out there. It's still pouring rain. That Just walk by the window. It's going to affect my walking schedule, Andy. Ooh. I don't really like to walk in the rain. This is where... Hold on for a second. Would you melt? It might. You never know. Go ahead, Andy. I was going to say, this is where the discipline starts getting tested. I know. And I don't have any. I'm going to send a pizza to your house. <laughs> anyway, with that, let's do it. Time for Rabbit Hole right now. The new feature. All right, so we're going to talk about our internet rabbit holes that we've been on, like what has been interesting to us and that we just kind of plunge into it, come out maybe four hours later, and you're like, oh my gosh, why did I do that? Um, so Travis, why don't you start us off? I, well, I, again, this is probably the the worst segment for me because mine is the same thing every single time. I did, But I did go down it with somebody, so that makes this slightly different. Uh, Corporate Greg came in here earlier. We were talking before the show, and we ended up having a baseball conversation, as we often do. And the next thing you know, we were looking at Ellie De La Cruz's page. We were looking at Juan Soto's page, who left the who led the league in WAR, both position WAR, pitcher WAR, combo WAR, fan graphs versus Baseball Reference. So it was another deep dive into the minutia of random Major League Baseball players. And then it ended with Jimmy Wynn, the toy cannon, about five minutes ago. <laughs> it was the most surprising. Like, what was the most surprising? thing that you found out you're like oh my okay. gosh I didn't know this. I, this, see this is that's a great question Juan Soto played in every single major league baseball game last year he played in 162 games I would have never known that I would have never thought that there were only four people I learned this this morning in the rabbit hole that played in all 162 and that Juan Soto was on that list sure okay uh NLRL uh I'd have to look it up again uh there's uh would I know them you'd know two of the three of the four I'd have three to look it up again so uh, it's not someone on the Dodgers, right? No, because because Freddie's missed 161. one sixty-one. Okay, got it. Hmm. I need to pull it up. Move on to somebody okay. else, and I'll pull All right, it up. Andy, what is, what is your rabbit hole? Okay, my rabbit hole was there is a movie writer, Mike Ryan, who writes for Uproxx that I like a lot, and he tweeted out that he had just discovered that in two thousand seventeen, a book sequel to the movie My Cousin Vinny was what? written like oh. the sequel came out in book form to which i was like okay the I've, defense is wrong I, the defense is wrong i had so many questions Dude. i then learned there is a third my what? cousin Vinny book no none of these are movies books which then led me to the is it like rabbit- fanfic 
it's a it's an established author. Okay, who I guess got the rights and started expanding the world of Vinnie Gambini and, and his <laughs> wife uh, Mona Lisa. I assume they got married because he won his first case. Right, of course. And it led me down this rabbit hole of then going to Marissa Tomei's Oscar speech on YouTube because that at the time was so controversial <laughs> yes. because she was up against four like British, very well-respected actresses. Right. She was young and American. She won for this comedy. And then I started going down the rabbit hole of other Oscar acceptance speeches. Like I went and saw- Olivia Colman's was great. I went and saw Gene Hackman for Unforgiven. Yep. Um, I actually was all this year. I went to Scent of a Woman, Pacino. Hoo-ah. And then I ended up getting direct uh, directed to the 70s director, Hal Ashby. He did like uh, Coming Home and Being There and Harold and Maude. He won an Oscar in the 60s for editing in the heat of the night. So oh. I ended up just going down this route. Incredible rabbit. movie. Yes. Incredible movie. The Oscars tend to do that for me too, where I'll be like, wait, what won this year? Oh wait, mm-hmm. remember that? And then this and then that. I cannot watch a show without going to IMDb first. Because I'm like, oh, what do I know that one person I also went to from? Robert Duvall, uh, his Oscar speech for Tender Mercies. Also, if you love hearing Oscar speeches, the Academy Museum has a really cool display where you can see all like the best actress, best actor. The Academy ex- Museum is fantastic. Yeah. It's so, really good. Mike, why you got to talk to me this way, Mike? Haven't I always been loyal to you? <laughs> yeah, he was nominated for that. But he should my be. family quotes My Cousin Vinny more than anything ever. It's a great ever. movie. My, my parents do it all the time. It's crazy. Are right. you sure? You sure about those five minutes? Cody? <laughs> So mine is a little sophisticated. So on TikTok, oh, sophisticated! Yeah, okay, I gotta say, Cody, I gotta say, it's a little. Sophisticated. Sorry, we didn't keep up with your, you know, intellectual exercise, Cody. Yeah, is it uh, all the like cufflinks and tea? It's close to that. <laughs> it's close to that. So I was scrolling through TikTok, and, and um, the world of wristwatches has caught my eye, and it's okay. actually caused me to buy wristwatches and actually like old ones. Like I'll go to like the Rose Bowl flea market, yeah, and I'll buy some old wristwatches. And I'll like take it apart and try and fix it. So like mm. the world of like cleaning watches and then like taking them uh, like from a flea market. Did you know how to do this before? No, I learned it all through YouTube. So <laughs> I found somebody on TikTok that like would buy watches like a Rolex, like an old Rolex, and then he would fix it up and then he would flip it, right? So I don't, I'm not doing the flipping part, but I am going to like the ro- like flea market. Do you wear them? Uh, I have one on my uh, <laughs> the one that I that I bought for 15 bucks that I uh, fixed up. Okay, and now it's running again. Be, co- be careful, Jorge's crew will be waiting for you outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I love watching uh, watches on TikTok, the cleaning if, process, if fixing you're them up. If you're interested in like the idea of like watchmaking, watch fixer-upper people, there's a really good podcast called S-Town, where the main guy in it is a watch creator, like maker and stuff. So it's a really good podcast, one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to, so check that out. Uh, all right, Jorge, what's your rabbit hole? All right. Oh, hit, hit, tap the mic. Yeah, no, no, no. He turned it off. Come on, Cody. <laughs> Damn it. All right, so from sophistication to back back to the ghetto. Yesterday, Travis, <laughs> I sent you a picture of my uh, enchiladas from last yes. night. Yes. So it was uh, green salsa enchiladas. Anyway, right. so I, got, I have a thing for baking right now. We were talking about cookies earlier. And for some reason, I just went down this rabbit hole where I'm looking at stuff getting baked. Like, you see banana bread. Like, in the oven? In the oven. Oh, yeah. You can see it in the It's just a bunch of cookies. Like, time lapse up. Yeah. Yeah, the way they just, things just, you know, become like once you bake them it, 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 they come in with like nothing but masa and then you get pan dulce out of that at the end you're, you're always baking a cake in there what are you done <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not good? getting fed enough or you're trying to get into the kitchen more because well, you're sending is, me a ton of food videos yeah, well the thing is I, I limit myself like yesterday was three enchiladas you know 
Like I don't. That's a limit. I, that's a limit. That's a lot. I usually do six or seven. We talking? Jorge can eat. Oh, I can eat, man. But you know, I've I've, I've cut you know the eating and a lot of water and you're I'm down working to out a, too, man. Just like uh, you. no, no, I know, you know, I know. You're down to an L on your LAFC kit too, it and it fits. was a little loose on you too. It, it mine was still like a sausage skin. I was stuffed into mine. <laughs> It, like it a wasn't great. <laughs> I did. I look like an LAFC chorizo. That's exactly what I'd be the new like. mascot. The LAFC chorizo. Not a bad mascot. Maybe they could do sausage races, yes. only it would just be me and the LAFC kid. Yes. So baking stuff is what I went down to. You I and Mario can race. I blame Cody for this. Well, I know Travis could eat it. That was, that was cruel. Sophisticated Cody over here yes. with his, with his uh, watches and everything. All right. So my rabbit hole is um, okay. There's this woman, her TikTok handle is called Risa Tisa, R-E-E-S-A-T-E-E-S-A. That's important because you want to go and watch all of these. She has a 50-part playlist series on who the F did I marry? And she goes in about how she married this pathological liar and how she deconstructed, how she found out that she was married, well, how she met him, how she found out he was a liar, how she went about like putting him to court. And everything. It's a wild story. So I, I would spend each part is also ten minutes long. Oh my gosh! So it's I watch it on two times speed, so I hear her talk really, really fast. <laughs> um, but it is an that's insane, still a lot of time. It's a lot of time, but that's how good of a storyteller is. She's driving around Atlanta because that's where she lives, and she's kind of it's like almost like you're on Facetime with her because the way that it's set up is like she's just talking to the camera. It's like she's on Facetime, so you're just hearing this incredibly juicy story about this woman who was a smart, kind, seemingly great woman who just fell into the wrong hands of this kind of scammer guy. And, uh, yes, so go check it out. It's Who the F Did I Marry? Risa Tisa, 50 Parts, and it's great. I'd be into that. That, yeah. th- that's, uh, I like those, how the people get duped. I like those. The, the one you were talking about, the wedding scammer one that yeah. you're watching. Yeah. Like they're, that how you get pulled into, the, and it's almost always somebody that's pretty smart yes. that gets sucked into one it's of these scams. a lot of times it's scandals. love, that you want to be loved. Because like, the thing that she talks about is like she's, she's older and she wanted to find someone to marry. She ended up marrying this guy because they met in COVID. And they moved in really quickly because COVID and they wanted to quarantine together. And they could buy a house together because it's in Atlanta and you can buy a house for $2. It's crazy. Yeah, but the second somebody says, let's move in and so we can buy a house together, that's a red flag run for the hills and if it's he would, fast. He would um, screenshot like other people's bank statements to make it look like it was his. It was crazy. This is a web of mystery who, that recently Tisa Who are webs. the people loaning out their bank statements for him? It happens know. all the time. Well, if you go into somebody's mailbox and it's there, you can just take it. Well, you could go online, too, and, cre- and just create the document, too. Yeah, I'm sure if you... Well, hold on one second. Photoshop. If, if you do a search right now, bank statements. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. a template in one that. Yeah. But uh, what, what I thought you meant when you first said it, Andy, is why do people all of a sudden give access to their banks to people they've recently met? And it happens all no, no, the no. time. No, no, no. I just meant, like, if he... Unless he just did a Google search and is just... I just... Look at this. Free... I just wrote go. bank statement example. There's somebody's bank statement. Oh, wow. Right. Okay. And, and like the wedding scammer, what how he got these like licenses is he went to other restaurants and then just took a picture of their license in the wall and photoshopped Changed the, the things. And it's people can do anything that they put their minds to, and then sometimes what they put their minds to is something terrible to other people. Especially and if you if want to believe it, right? Yeah. Like I want this to be true, so I'm not going to look too hard at it. And next thing you, you know, you're you want the fairy tale romance. You want the, like, oh, just be swept off your feet. Free printable, free printable bank statement template generator. So you can put in your information. So this is this is not easy. This is not difficult. 
He can do anything on the internet, isn't he? Did you yeah. recently accept yeah. someone's well, bank think... statements, Andy? Yeah. No. Is there something you need to be worried about? No. You can do a podcast <laughs> about the Lakers with a YouTube component. The internet's a magical place. <laughs> yeah, but Risa Tisa, check her out. It's a really compelling story. T- tell me, the predi- there's 50 of these and they're 10 minutes each? <laughs> Some of them are shorter than others, but yeah, it's about 10 minutes each. Okay, it's a lot see, of time. Pick the, curate a list I'll for send me. you a synopsis okay. of the story. Yeah, I don't need 500 minutes of content on Risa Tisa. No, like 10. Like, just wrap the whole thing up in 10 minutes. Bam! That'd be good enough. Bam! The Dump, coming up next, is Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. All right, I want to start with this, Andy. This is uh, new Raider head coach Antonio Pierce, who was on uh, Max Crosby's podcast talking about how they're going to have to figure out a way to beat Patrick Mahomes, not only in their uh, AFC West, but in the AFC at large. And he had this to say about they need to treat Patrick Mahomes like the Detroit Pistons treated Michael Jordan. We got the Jordan rules, and we, we, I'm calling it now from now on, as long as I'm here, the Patrick Mahomes rules. So you remember when Jordan was going through it with the Pistons, all those guys in the 80s before he came, Michael Jordan, Air Jordan, the Pistons used to whoop his Anytime he came to the hole, Elbows, filling them, love taps. We touched them. We in the head, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I'm touching you. So I show those guys Jordan getting his whooped consistently. And on the side, I got the screen. I got these two, these two, <laughs> these two side. Um, and it's kind of like this is almost a little gory. Like this, we getting crazy now, right? This, this fucking broing. And we got these two screens showing of us just getting after it. Raiders versus Chiefs. And then the last one, I showed Muhammad Ali in the, four, in the 15th round. 12th round of his fights. Just give it to him, finish him, finish him. I said, man, when we get to the end, we got to finish him. We got to put him away. We got to put him away the way we want to put him away. He also went on to said, you need to knock the head off the snake 15, which of course is Patrick Mahomes' number. The NFL, I'm sure, is paying very close attention to another head. Because, man, the NFL has things that they pretend to care about, and then they have things that they actually care about. The quarterbacks getting hit in the head is the thing they actually care about. And I wonder if Antonio Pierce didn't put a giant target on himself and his players heading into the season. You know what? If I'm Antonio Pierce, I do it anyway. Because the least of your problems is the NFL legislating harshly if you're too physical with Patrick Mahomes, because the actual problem is actually catching Patrick Mahomes in order to be physical with him. (laughs) Like, if you can actually get that physical with Mahomes on a regular basis in a game, I'll, I'll take my chances with the NFL and the referees and whatever. You can tell why the Raider players wanted Antonio Pierce to be their head coach. Like, just hearing him talk about that and talk about how he goes about it and him wearing his black Air Force Ones, like, he he is about a certain style Travis of football. Travis, what's up with those black what, Air Force Ones? Do you know about that, Andy? No, I do not. Jorge, would you like to tell no, him? No, no, you can tell him. You learn. So, white Air Force Ones, I could wear them, right? It's not a big deal. Sure. It's a fact, right? Uh, black Air Force Ones means that you mean business. You're Okay. It. Yeah, you're about it. And that's why he's a man of the people. That's right. <laughs> yeah. See, I these these things just come naturally, Manny. Nobody told me that, obviously. Right. right. I didn't have to learn that. This is just something that is in my DNA. There's street codes, and then there's just things that <laughs> are inherent to Travis Rogers. <laughs> Pierce, I mean, like Pierce is still an, an unproven coach in terms of just who he is as a game caller, as an overall overseer of of a team, that sort of stuff. But the way he talks, and I mean this in a good way, he's got some Dan Campbell in him. Okay. And I know you are one who loves to mock Dan Campbell, but yes. there's no question 
he turned around that organization quickly. It's not solely him, but he played a big role. Oh, absolutely. Look, again, two things can be true at the same time. Dan Campbell's deal is the reason the Lions went from a joke to being pretty darn good. Dan Campbell's deal is also the reason why they didn't win that NFC Championship sure. game. But I, I think there's been far more good with Dan yes. Campbell than bad. I agree. And, for, and the thing that they both have in common, too, is you know the Raiders have more swag than the Lions, but they've both been jokes for a while. And both Campbell and Pierce, one of their big things is telling players, you are not a joke. Like, you are done being a joke. I don't care if we go 0-16. You will not be a joke going 0-16. Yeah. He goes on after that clip, because um, I listened to like a good portion of this podcast. He goes on to say, it's like, those guys that go out there, like Max Crosby, other guys in their defensive line, like those guys are superheroes. You put on your cape and you go out and you finish out the job. Like yeah. He thinks that like he wants to pump up these guys to be the best versions of themselves. Okay, Th- this is a fascinating conversation to me, because you're right. And what you're saying, Andy, is also right. But there's a line where you also need to be able to execute football stuff and strategy sure, and but, organization and these but things. But it doesn't matter if you don't get yourself to at least the point where the line matters. No, no, I, I agree with you because we've seen, I'll use this, like a Mike Singletary t- type who was great theater and all heart, but when it came time to organizing a football team, it's like, this doesn't work at all. But I mean, Dan Campbell, though, got to no, one no. game away from the no, Super Bowl. No. Dan Campbell did a really good job. I'm not trying to throw cold water on Dan Campbell, but I wonder if this idea of... Great coaches make mistakes yeah, like of for, course they do for a long time we I, kept hearing I, that andy reed can't yep. get out of his own way I, I understand all of these things but what i'm saying is is i think because and i'm not accusing dan campbell of this but i think dan campbell may launch this this idea of just find a guy that'll get guys to run through a wall that's because you know who that was it's kind of rex ryan's lane which works to a point until it's not quite where you need to go that this idea i've never watched a rams team and this is where oh matthew stafford where sean McVay's team i thought was not playing hard but you also get a sense that they're always playing pretty darn smart and that he's in control of the operation that there's this there's this middle between you don't want an egghead where it doesn't work Brandon Staley and you and you don't want a meathead where it's all we're just gonna bite their kneecaps and it's like yeah it's fourth and 20 we're going anyway it's like there needs to be that little middle ground I mean look hopefully Dan Campbell learns from certain things that did not work out or whatever but swing this all the way back to the Raiders and Antonio Pierce and Mahomes to some degree none of it may matter as long as you're facing Mahomes the only way you beat them is if he's physically not right. Or he just happens to be off for a game. Doesn't happen very often. It, it, and it really doesn't happen when it matters most. Like, he'll have a day here or there in a September, October, November where it's like, that wasn't very Patrick yeah, Mahomesy. Yeah, lose, like, the Colts or something. Like, yeah. oh, what was that? Yeah, but when it's, I mean, look, when it's on, the this, only time he's lost is when the other guy was better. It's much not because of this he season was spent wondering, okay, is this even too much for Patrick Mahomes to overcome? No. <laughs> the answer turns out it was no. So I read this this morning. Jeff Passon was writing about this on .com. From the time that Major League Baseball expanded from 16 teams, which it was forever and ever and ever, up until 1961 when they went to 18, and then they've continued to expand to where they are right now in 30, 
This is the longest baseball has ever gone without expansion since huh. 1961. We're in a 30-year window where these teams, we haven't had any really expansion. Colorado the teams have moved. but They've moved, but Colorado and Tampa were the last two teams to come into the league. Wow. And since then, it's been the longest period of time since 1961, and it looks like it's on the horizon. Rob, Rob Manfred said at his State of the, uh, the Sport press conference in spring training that he would like to have a couple of expansion cities on the list by the time he walks away in a few years. At the top of those two, Nashville and Salt Lake City. Nashville makes perfect sense to me. Like you say, a Nashville team? Yeah, got it. Baseball is the only sport Vanderbilt's good at. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. And they draw like crazy. Yeah. And the, they have, you know, it's a big tourist city, so you have people coming in for bachelorette parties, it's a baseball bachelor city. parties. It, and people in the South do love uh, baseball. They yep. love it in the SEC. And most importantly, it's big enough. Yeah. It's a big enough city to support me. Because they here's the thing about baseball. And they have a hockey team. They do, and, and hockey is the closest thing to it. You got 80 games. That's a lot of games. Hockey, you got 40 that you got to put people in the building. Or football, you got to fill up the building eight times, nine times now on every other year. So that's not a challenge. You don't have to be a, you can be at Jacksonville, you can be at Green Bay. But Nashville makes Salt Lake City. That just does not feel like a major league sports town to I me. Mean, I know they got the Jazz, I know they've been there for a long time, but that just seems, there seems like there's far more appropriate place whether it's portland or san jose or or san antonio and you mentioned mexico city this morning we were talking about this that's the city that immediately jumps out at me because they love baseball it's a a totally totally different market that you can reach it will be comfortable for a sizable population of baseball players whether you're talking about players from mexico or if nothing else players that spanish is their first language like th- there is a lot to love about Mexico City, I think, mm-hmm. as an option. I mean, there there are logistic issues and things like that. Some, but, but it's, there's not the logistical challenges like there would be if you had a London team in the NFL. That's right. a far greater logistical Absolutely. challenge. Plus, I mean, five hour flight. I wonder sometimes with like I I know these games in London are, draw huge. They become a big deal. Some of that though is it's an event. It's like an annual event. I don't know how much football as a culture has seeped into London. I mean, I genuinely don't know. Yeah. How much is it football culture or just we love the event? Yeah, I also have another uh, two cities that maybe could be considered. So one is Charlotte. Charlotte is a big city again On the in the list south. Also. I think Charlotte is a, it has a football stadium already in and the and the Carolina has some stuff. Also, Virginia. It's the most populous state without a team. We have Washington DC. Yes. I was going to do the Nats not count. The Nats are adopted, but there's no team in professional sports that says the Virginia whatever. And it's the largest, most populous state without it. Because what city would it be in? It would be in Richmond. Richmond okay. is the capital city. It has a minor league team, and I believe it has another like semi-professional league. Ballpark. What's Richmond's population? I don't know. Is I, it 10 I, million? I, I can't really, I don't really understand those yeah. things. I can look it up right now. Yeah. It's not a tiny city, yeah. for sure. But it's, it's, it's probably as big as Nashville. Jorge, what would have a better chance of succeeding, the NFL in Mexico City or Major League Baseball? Oh, that's a tough one. I think the NFL, though, because they've been there more than, than I think, more than baseball, right? I, I, there haven't been that many. No, they've been uh, fo- more football than the yeah, baseball. They played in Monterey and they played somewhere else. Yeah, too. but see, those, those, if we're talking about Mexico City, I think more the NFL is a better fit for Mexico City. Yeah. Uh, baseball, there's other, like, you know, I, I know Sinaloa is a, a big, you know, baseball state. So it's it's 
I, I think NFL. If, it, if it's for Mexico City, I think the NFL is bigger. For baseball, it would be a different Beto's state, taking sure. me to Mexicali to watch the uh, series next year. He, we've already put it on the docket. Nice. I, I can't wait. I yeah. want to go. We'll cool. drink Micheladas. He says then, that there's cheap hot dogs and in baseball. And you have the, the, the cup of noodles, uh, you know, like the cup of, for like five, five, you know, 10 pesos, I think. Yeah, but that, that that's it's a, a Sliwa thing. Like, Sliwa will get the cup of noodles. Like, trust, I'm going to have a hot dog. Trust me, you get it with tapatio and the like little oh, yeah? Oh, bro. All right. Good. We can do that. <laughs> you, 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 you sold me on it. That's not a bad way to. How did we not talk about this while Chris was in here all day? Today was the day, 1968, that Columbo debuted on television. And one more thing. One more thing. Europe, you showed me a Peter Falk video today. It's amazing. Oh, this was fantastic. This is some 70s telethon. Easter Seals. Easter <clears throat> Seals. And you've got Peter Falk as an MC of this thing. And in the background are people like, actors like Ben Gazzara, the, the bad guy in Roadhouse, <laughs> yeah. who also did a lot of movies in the 70s. Adrian Barbeau. Adrian Barbeau, Charo. <laughs> and they are dancing their asses off in a way that I will recklessly speculate included a lot of drugs. <laughs> it didn't look like non-drug dancing. No. Now, and, maybe they're just great actors. And Peter Falk is emceeing this thing, and then he eventually joins the dancers, if memory serves. Yeah, I would not have thought as Columbo as a dancer, but he, well, he was all right. I, I don't know if this... Do you know what year Columbo began? 1968. 1968. Oh, so this was knee-deep in Columbo. <laughs> Peter Falk was great. Yeah, he, he was. It was Chris still watches it on a regular basis. There's a great clip, by the way. You can find this on YouTube or whatever. Do you know? <laughs> there you go. Do, do you know the singer Fiona Apple? Yeah. Yes. She loves Peter Falk. Like, <laughs> Why? Loves Columbo. Loves Peter Falk in Columbo. And she was on. Remember Carson Daly's show? Of course. The he, really late one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He presented her with. I don't remember if it was an autographed painting of Peter Falk or a painting that Peter Falk made and signed. But either way, it was for Fiona Apple. She lost her mind. That's amazing. She lost her mind. She was so excited. Now, I will say I saw Fiona Apple lose her mind one time. Uh, I saw her in concert at the, I want to say it's the Roseland Ballroom in New York. She comes out. And we were all excited because she had that big song. She had Criminal. One, criminal, right. So she comes out and she puts her hands on the keyboard. She plays the piano. Then she puts her forehead, slams her forehead into the keyboard. Uh, and we we're like, what is happening? She got up, walked off the stage, never performed. Oh, wow. You're kidding. No. Because she like, was incapacitated mm, or she no, just, she had, just had, didn't want to do it? Not my night. I'll just slam <laughs> my forehead into the keyboard and leave. Now, is that worse than Madonna showing up three hours late? Well, honestly, I would rather have Madonna come out and slam her head into the <laughs> At keyboard. least get it done yeah. in the first yeah, half so, hour that you're the, in the building. The Madonna thing is so friggin' disrespectful. Like, like at Three least, hours. At least Fiona Apple had the good manners to ruin By your right. experience quickly. And she... She did it on time, right? She did arrive She quit punctually. She was punctual. Yeah, exactly. I need to hear the Madonna story. I don't know if I've heard this, but right now it's time for a little super crosstalk. The zipline water cry. That's right. That's right. I like it. Welcome back, Mace. How was your vacation? It was fantastic. I had a great time. Did you go to the hot springs that we were talking about that was a little sketchy with the reviews? I did. Okay. 
And the next day, I tried a different hotel. Wow, that bad. Yeah. Now, here's the th- I want to say this because I read a review on the air and all that stuff. The place is called Murrieta Hot Springs. Okay. They are just, they're constructing it. It's going to be beautiful. I mean, absolute. So I don't want to bag on that. Operative word, gonna. But, but I am going to be there ultimately because okay. it's a really, really cool spot. But we were in the room uh, and probably at 5.30 a.m. This was the first night we stayed there. Heard a drill. Mm-hmm. And not just heard a drill, but honestly, I thought we were being punked. It was so loud <laughs> that I was like, I feel like I'm in yeah. like a situation comedy here where all yeah, this I'm sudden, not falling for this. There's like hammers, there's drills. And I'm like, really? They 5.30 in the morning. 5.30 in the morning. We're like, okay. Now, I slept through the first time. Uh, and then the next time, I was like, what the? How is this even... <laughs> So we were, we very politely said we'd like to uh, uh, leave right now. We'll come back. We're not going to write a negative review, although I guess I'm on the air giving them a review. You said you wouldn't write one. Right, I wouldn't write one, but I, 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 I am obviously giving one. I yeah. think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be really cool, but we ended up at Two Bunch Palms out in Desert Hot Is that Hot your Spring. usual spot? No, a different one. Okay. Uh, and it is absolutely beautiful. They put you know a few million dollars into it, and hot springs all over the place, and really cool restaurant, and all that kind of stuff. Great, great spot. Uh, are you so, refreshed? Are you rejuvenated? Are you ready to I come am. back? I am. I too much coffee today. Can you tell? A little bit. I am. I am <laughs> honestly so wired right now. I did a podcast this morning, so I drank coffee before. Oh. Then I just chugged two quarters. You're sitting up much, much straighter than you typically I am, do. I'm like, I honestly, I've got so much. Here's like, the problem, though. Yeah. Between now and four, you oh, have yeah. to avoid the crash. Yeah. Oh yeah. Keep it going. How much is in that in that cup is left? This is not coffee now. I oh, switched over to the what do they call the medicine bomb? Oh, but it's got caffeine in it. No, no oh. caffeine. Are you under the weather? No. Oh, okay. I just, the, I the medicine just, ball can sometimes try to lift you back yeah, up. Yeah. No, I I just like this drink. I'm going to be listening at around 3 p.m. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, emotional I, crash. I just want to see what happens in a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be good. I feel good about it. Ramona today? Momo? Yeah, Momo today. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Boy, I am She's still on TV. You're so out of your mind right what now. What is going on with me? How, Why like, am what, I so what's ju- going on in your head right now? Like, what are you thinking right now? Is it just racing 100 miles an hour? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Now, here's the thing. It, it's probably going to be a great show. Rarely is too much energy a bad thing. Yeah, no, I mean, it's going to be an exciting show, I think. Momo is expected sometime before two. Oh, okay. okay. No, I mean, she's just running on Momo time. We've Momo we, standard time. Yes, because yes. Morales was here and I'm here. That leads to a lot of Boogie Nights references. Oh, God, yes. You've got some serious... Alfred Molina scene going <laughs> energy going right now. I love that scene. You, yes. you should start lighting firecrackers and throwing them in the background. Yeah. Yeah. I love what that. You know what I love about that scene is like he's doing all this stuff. They're there to make a drug deal. And it's basically I guess it's based on the Wonderland. Yes. yes. Wonderland. Yeah. Wonderland. Um murders or yes. whatever. Yeah. Yes. Um and there's this shot where Alfred Molina's doing his thing and you slowly zoom in on uh Mark Wahlberg's face and you see sort of the look of oh my God, where am the, I right now? The best thing about that scene, and it's it's something I've rarely seen in anything else, is the more tense and scary it gets the funnier it gets yes like it's hilarious what's happening but you're also like oh my 
God, I, they're going to die. Like, they're all going right. to die. Well, right. When the firecrackers are going off and they're all jumping, yep. with every time the firecracker right. goes off, you, as you're watching the movie, you're jumping with yes. them. Like it's, it's but it not, keeps getting funnier, though. It, well, the entire movie, from the beginning to the end, is hilarious. It, and there's not one line. It's not unlike The Sopranos, where nothing is played for a joke. It just right. is funny. It just funny. is funny, right. Yes. And the... It has to be the best use of a Night Ranger song in a movie. <laughs> well, ever, back right? to with Night Ranger, Sister Christian, Sister and Christian. then Rick Springfield immediately with Jesse's girl Jesse's right girl, on the yeah. head, awesome on the tail mixtape. Yeah, that, that's what Molina's playing. It's a mixtape that he made. It says like that's my right. awesome, oh, awesome really? mixtape, like number oh, three yeah. or something yeah. like that. Hey, Momo. Hey, Momo. How what's you up? feeling? You, you look, look TV good today. TV you look good. nice. Yeah. yeah. Are you ready for this over here today? What? I'm a little wired. I've had too much coffee. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I've had too much coffee. Look how so. Manic mace. I love it. Sitting up straight. Manic mace. You yeah. are like, you're on one. Damn. I like it. Damn. Not going to lie. Are you yeah. like JJ Reddick on first take? Oh, oh that I, was fun. I saw first that take. That was fun. And we, I was just on with Austin and he responded. <laughs> oh, he did. What'd he say? Austin responded. He goes, well, you know, it's uh, it's one that, you know, you can say he's not that his. Okay. So to recap, I should recap, right? JJ Reddick kind of. You want me to play yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, play it. Yeah. yeah. I've seen the trend for years. What's the trend? The trend is always making excuses. Get Doc, we get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard. It's hard. We get it. Just like getting traded in the middle of the season is hard for a player. We get it. Mm-hmm. But it's always an excuse. It's Ooh. always throwing your team under the bus. They lose to Memphis. Oh, it's his players. Memphis was playing G League guys and two-way guys. And then you look at his quotes over the weekend. Now he wants to take credit for the James Harden trade to the Clippers working out. He wants credit for that. There's just no, there's never accountability with that guy. Woo! Damn. You let him have it. Oh, Damn. Heater. Yeah. Oh, heater. It. He's talking about Doc Rivers. Was any of that false? Uh, yeah, well, I, okay, look. So I'll tell you what Austin said. All right, Austin, who Austin Rivers, who was uh, co-host on the on NBA Today today. And you yeah. want to talk about the guy that was accused of Doc Rivers getting paid, <laughs> right? It's Austin. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. It's not JJ Redick. It's Austin Rivers. Um, but they. So anyway, Austin said, you know, look. JJ and him are they're they're buddies. They're both Duke guys. They're both they're they're sort of like both guys who were unlikable at Duke who've now become more likable, mm-hmm. right? Since they've joined the media ranks. Um, and he said he goes he may you know you can talk about accountability, but he's always held responsible. So whether or not he's 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 the one getting fired on all these jobs. But that's like, not the same thing though. Right, yeah, but and that they, was a nice turn of phrase. So let me let me finish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good turn of phrase. And so. <laughs> okay, so then he says, and he's the one who got fired. That the Clippers were up three-one in the bubble when half the team didn't want to be there, and guys were just leaving in the middle of the bubble. I was like, that's a good point. And he goes, then he goes, he got fired when they when they lost to the Celtics, a team who was favored to beat them, and they they got he gets fired because they blew the three-two lead or whatever mm-hmm. it was. And like I thought that was a good point. And then he and then I thought he was just going to stop right there. But he kind of kept going, and then he goes, JJ, you had your best years playing for. Doc Rivers with the Clippers. Mm. Like, you had your best year, so I, it's interesting that you come with this kind of emotion or whatever. Right, so, right. And he goes, you know, and, you know, it kept going. You had your, you know, you had some, a good year in Philly, but your best years were in LA. And he goes, and you're a great shooter, but, we, you know, we had to take you out at the end of games because of defensive reasons. Like, <laughs> I kind of right, kept going right. and going going. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to sit back here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'll just let this happen. Yeah, st- stand by. And at the by. end, it was like, mm, okay, well, good hot, yeah. hot take. I was watching. A little back and forth. I, I was watching first take this morning. Yeah, you always and, watch the first and take and I, get up. I like to get up in the yeah. first take. <laughs> so I was watching first take. It was the very end, and Shannon Sharp was on with Stephen A. Yeah. And the subject was, 
Who's more likely to win a championship this year, LeBron or Steph? Okay. Mm-hmm. JJ says <laughs> that question is ridiculous. Yeah. That is neither one is of going course. to win the championship this year. And uh, Shannon was like, you got to accept the premise. I mean, that's what <laughs> the show is about. And JJ's like, I know what this show is about. And, and Shannon was like, no, you got to choose one or the other. End of show. So JJ was just on one today. He, he was, was just yeah. picking fights with he Shannon. He was fired up. He yeah. was in uh, in Maybe fact, he had too much coffee. Yeah. Molly at one point said, you know, it used to be screaming A. Now oh. it's going to, it's, you've got to apply something to JJ Reddick. Wow. We screaming J. He's the new, yes. Yeah, yeah, oh, no, it wasn't hard. It was laying right there. It was right, it was right there. Mo- honestly, it. Molly should not have needed my help. Yeah, it was no, right she shouldn't there. have. Yeah. It was right there. First of all, this is also Momo. I mentioned this earlier yeah. in the show. Depending on how long this storyline lasts and people peeling back the onions and details, this is great promotion for your show. Oh, yeah. Coming up. Yes, it is. No, I prefer. See, the the absolute best of the the the, the premiere date is June fourth. Okay. So the absolute best case scenario in terms of life imitating art or there being some kind of tie-in is for the Clippers to be in the finals at the same time the show's ah. coming out, mm. playing against the Milwaukee Bucks, coached by Doc Rivers. Oh. That would be the best. That is the home well, run. Well, the, the right? Clippers are the far more likely participant at this point than the at Bucks this point, are. I would agree with you. Yeah. Good luck, Mace. <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> what? Huh? Let's go. Super Crosstalks brought to you by In-N-Out Burger. <laughs> In-N-Out. That's what go. a hamburger's all about.